0: I thought the first day of the first round of the NCAA tournament had some madness to it. Let me raise you with this. All right, I get done with the media stuff at the Greensboro Coliseum. Head back to the hotel, and I notice there's a sports bar next to the hotel, and I'm thinking, perfect. I can go watch the last four games at one time, right? Uh, with all the TVs, I can go get something to eat. It's going to be a good end of the night, right? I get to the sports bar. They have 18 TVs. Seven of them aren't even on, and eight of the eleven that are on all have the same game on them. All five, get this, all five of the TVs behind the bar had the same game on. When I got there, it was all Duke versus Oral Roberts, and by the time I got there, the game was already over. I mean, Duke opened up that game, went up 13-0, 15-0 before or Roberts even scored their first basket eight minutes in. I was like, man, that is a pet peeve I didn't know I had. And that is poor sports bar managing. People that aren't sports people managing a sports bar. I'm assuming there, but oh my God. I People were walking out. I was like, I don't blame you. I got a beer and I left. Welcome to the game. I'm Mitch Fortner. Drake Overdale back in the K-Man studio. Welcome to Greensboro Coliseum, and welcome to the NCAA Tournament. K-State hoops back in the tourney for the first time since 2019. And later on today, the three-seed Cats in the East will be facing the 14-seed in Montana State. The Bobcats, the champions out of the Big Sky Conference, would tip off tonight at 840 Central. It's going to be a late one. It might be even a little later than that. Uh, But pregame coverage here on K-Man will start at 7.30. I'm glad to say uh, I think this is the first time in the history of the game I can welcome you to Ric Flair country-ish. If you go back to 2018, K-State in the round of 64, in the round of 32, when they beat Creighton, and then went on to beat UMBC in the second round. That was also out of uh, North Carolina. That was back in Charlotte. So uh, take that for what it's worth. The last time k went on a tourney run, it all started in the state of North Carolina. Well, coming up in the show, we're going to hear from a whole bunch of people, including in the next segment. We're going to hear from the head coach of Montana State and Danny Sprinkle. Get his thoughts on the Cats heading into tonight's game. Later in the hour, we'll hear from Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson, and Desi Sills from the Cats. And then in hour number two, we will also hear from K-State head coach Jerome Tang, get his thoughts on being in the NCAA tournament. He was very emotional leading off his press conference talking about just being there and thanking those that helped him get to K-State and have this very special season. And also, of course, at 5'10", you don't want to miss the first ever edition of Mitch Palm featuring K-State in the NCAA tournament, but to lead off, I wanted to actually ask a few questions, I was left with a few questions after the first day of the NCAA tournament, so here we go, question number one, is 15 the new 12, my favorite game from yesterday was not Furman, Virginia, it was Arizona, a two seed against 15 seed, Princeton, the Ivy League doesn't win very many games. They're an academic program, of course, or conference, way more uh, than athletics. However, Princeton, to finish the game, goes on a 9-0 run, and the Tigers beat the Arizona Wildcats 59-55. to Big shocker. Shout-out to the Pac-12 struggling, and even though we kind of want the you know, Arizona to join the Big 12 or whatever, I guess. Uh, but once again... A 15 beats a 2. So first of all, I want to actually start with Arizona. Arizona is the only NCAA tournament team in history to lose to an 11, a 12, a 13, a 14, and a 15 seed in the opening round of the tournament. That is, uh, I know know Arizona has had certainly its its amazing history of college basketball. That's some really rough history as well. Uh, But also, to add to that... Arizona is the only team in NCAA tournament history to lose to a 15 seed in the first round twice. This is fun trivia. The first time, you got to go back to 1993, when Arizona lost to Santa Clara. On that Santa Clara team was Steve Nash. Now, Princeton is going to advance to the next round, around a 32 to play Missouri. Uh, there in the south region. Missouri beat Utah State 76-65. I've seen a lot on Twitter about how uh, Missouri has been given uh, advancement to the Sweet 16 uh, by being thrown a bone in Arizona, being knocked out of the tournament. Well, here, here's here's what I counter with that. If you go back to 2018, you can argue that K-State was thrown the biggest bone in NCAA tournament history when it comes to the round of 32 because the Cats are the only program to ever face a 16 seed in the round of 32 and K State did beat UMBC to move on to the Sweet 16. All right, but going back to the to the 12 seeds and the 15 seeds, it's the third straight year and the 11th time overall a 15 has beaten a two seed in the opening round. Last year it was St. Peter's over Kentucky. St. Peter's won by six, and they even went to the Sweet 16. Ole Roberts two years ago beats Ohio State in the round of 64 in 2021 so it's happened three straight years is this something we are going to get used to honestly my answer to that it feels like no there's just not enough history that says all right now we could probably when we start predicting our brackets every year we need to advance a 15th seed of the round of 32 those are it's happened three straight years probably need to see more of a pattern than that because if you go back to the 12 seeds in the history with that that goes all the way back to 1985 we've been seeing 12 seeds upset fives at a consistent base in the if you go back to 85 there's just been five tournaments since then where a 12 did not beat a five seed in the NCAA tournament now would I love to see a, a 15 beat a two every year absolutely I do fill out a bracket every year It doesn't upset me when I lose a Final Four team. To me, it's not a big deal at all. I just love to watch the upsets. It's the reason the NCAA tournament has the ratings and the reputation it does because of those high seeds uh, losing to the 15s, the 14s, and the 13s. That's what we love to watch, right? We just don't want it to happen to our team. We don't want it to happen to K-State like it has twice in the last uh, 10 or 11 years. All right, the next question I have, is it maddening to be a Virginia fan? Virginia loses to Furman on a three-pointer with two and a half seconds left after you know, one of their players just throws a ball to mid-court after he gets trapped on the baseline. A really dumb decision. Furman hits the three. Furman was down four with 12 seconds to go. It was a meltdown for Virginia fans, but I feel like Virginia, that fan base, has gone so back and forth When it comes to Tony Bennett, their head coach, and what to do with the guy, because now they're calling for his head on a spike after losing in the first round. 2022 is an NIT year when that was supposed to be a special year. 2021, Virginia gets bounced in the first round by 13 seed Ohio. They win the Natty in 2019. And then, by the way, 2018 was a loss to the 16 seed for the first time ever for a one. And that was a loss to UMBC in Charlotte, North Carolina in 2018. The thing is, yes, it might be maddening at times for Virginia fans, but you did win the national championship. If you ask us here at K-State, would we take uh, a couple of really embarrassing losses to have a national championship? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I absolutely would. There's no doubt about that. We, we all obviously want one, right? We want that national championship. We want to experience what that is like, uh, especially with... <laughs> The crazy part of it is the national championship came the year after. I mean, right after losing to the 16th seed UMBC in 2018. All right, my final question is, is Rick Barnes a walking open casket after texas or check that when tennessee beat louisiana in the first round to hold on yesterday they showed rick barnes on camera he was doing that post-game interview and he he looked so white in the face it was like looking at a corpse in an open casket you know when they do the makeup stuff and they look all white in the face that guy needs to go out and get some sun but what that leads me to uh is texas and duke uh, because Duke is actually going to be a favorite by two and a half points against Tennessee tomorrow. To me, that is free money. Duke is one of the hottest teams. They might be the hottest team in basketball right now. Jeremy Roach at 23 points. And, and Duke beat Or Roberts in very convincing fashion. 74-51. Duke, or check that, Or Roberts was one of the favorites in the first round to pull off an upset. The thing is, Duke, they've been hot for, gosh, three or four weeks now. Oral Roberts, 30-5, and five, and they had the nation's longest winning streak of 17 games. Duke, they scored the first 15 points of the game. Oh, Roberts missed their first 12 shots. Duke was doing all the right things, making shots, opening up that run to open the game, and they held on to that double-digit lead for the whole time. And tell you what, John Shire, when his team is healthy, they might be the best team in the country, I, especially the way they're playing right now, just in dominant fashion. Duke, this is an interesting stat because Duke has been plagued by some injuries off and on this season. There's no doubt about that. And that's hurt their offense. Um, and it's that offense has really blossomed down the stretch here. But Duke, when they are at full strength, when they have their full roster, now 19 and 1. That is that is hard to beat. And they're in the East. So if K-State has a nice run in them, they can get to the Sweet 16 and, and uh, make it to New York City. I mean, they're going to probably run into Duke, and that's going to be the hardest teams to beat in the tournament. If you look at the other half of the bracket, the other hot team is Texas. And, my God, this team is fun to watch. i got to admit, Texas has been fun to watch, Jabari Rice especially. 23 points, he hit seven threes, and they beat Colgate, the hottest three-point shooting team in the country in Colgate, Colgate Colgate by 20 points. Colgate was the only team in the country shooting over 40% from three as a team. They had one of the best three-point shooters in the country, and Oliver Lynch Daniels, who was over 50% from three, and he was one of four. What's crazy is, according to a source of mine, Rodney Terry, who took over as interim head coach for uh, Chris Beard, that was fired for obvious reasons, Rodney Terry does not, as of right now, have anything on the table to be the full-time head coach for Texas. I don't know what Del Conte is waiting for. There is... You know, whispers coming out of Austin that he has no desire to even hire as Rodney Terry as the next full-time head coach, which is absolutely, absolutely bonkers to me. That is, to me, the what the work that he's done, he has deserved the job. Uh, is there more to that? I don't know. But for those on the outside looking in towards Texas, Rodney Terry is the guy. There's even broadcasters on CBS or ESPN uh, who was it, Dick Vitale the other night? He was like, yeah, absolutely hire this guy. Texas, what are you doing? I got to agree. What an impressive job by Rodney Terry uh, to get Texas to where it is. One of the most dangerous teams and the last team probably you want to face in the NCAA tournament right now. All right, let's take our first time out on the game. And when we come back, let's hear from... Montana State head coach Danny Sprinkle, he spoke to the media yesterday. We'll get his thoughts on the Cats heading into tonight's matchup with an 8.40 tip-off pregame 7.30 here on KMAN. You're listening to the game. It's the game from Greensboro Coliseum. Welcome back. I'm Mitch Fortner here on News Radio KMAN with Troy Coverdale back in the KMAN studio. K-State and Montana State tipping off at about eight forty. That's central time. Pre-game starts at 7.30. The game also televised on CBS. Ian Eagle will be on the call of that one. We're going to hear from Montana State head coach Danny Sprinkle here in just a moment. He's in his fourth year with the Bobcats. He's a, done a great job of turning around that program and making it a dominant force in the Big Sky Conference. Back-to-back tournament victories and tournament championships in the Big Sky for Montana State. When Sprinkle took over, Montana State was maybe at best a 500 team but now it's been under danny sprinkle four straight winning seasons and now back-to-back trips to the incidentally tournament last year uh in the tournament montana state was also a 14 seed against a three seed out of the big 12 and that was texas tech and the red raiders in san diego absolutely throttled by 35 points montana state so you know the bobcats are hungry to get their first ever NCAA tournament victory. Danny Sprinkles used the transfer portal a little bit to build up his offense, plus a couple of veterans on his team as well, including Battle, who's a really good guard, and Bellow. Who's their their best forward on the team? That is a uh, he, he, I mean averages about fourteen point seven rebounds a game. So uh, we'll, we'll get more of a breakdown on Montana State a little bit later, including hearing from K State players and also head coach Jerome Tang. At five ten we will have Mitch Palm K State versus Montana State. But let's hear from the fourth year head coach of Montana State. Here is Danny Sprinkle with the media yesterday. Uh, I guess what stands out most to you about Kansas State? What do they do especially well? I think they
1: play really well together. Like they play so fast, you know. If you turn the ball over, that thing's through the net within two seconds, you know. And their point guards terrific, you know. Keontae Johnson, Tomlin. You know, the more I watch film, Tomlin's tremendous. Uh, you know, they have a lot of NBA players and talent and length on that on that team. Uh, but I think they play really well together, and you know, they hit the portal really hard. Also last year, you know, he probably did as well as anybody in the country uh, attacking the portal and to get those guys to play together and to mesh and to have the season they've had is phenomenal coach can you talk about how, how you guys have grown throughout the season and, and gotten better you know i mean, i think a lot of it started i mean we're the road warriors you know i mean it's hard to get home games for us and so we have to go on the road you know and we played really good teams from long beach state to southern utah who played in their conference championship you know and i already mentioned the grand canyons the oregons arizona's you know we played a great tournament up in uh montreal You know, against UNC Greensboro, Quinnipiac, and Middle Tennessee. And we lost all three games up there. All three, you know, kind of came down to the last two minutes. But I think that tournament kind of set the stage for us. It kind of humbled us a little bit, but it also exposed some of our weaknesses that, you know, I think we've lost four games since that point. Um, That was right around Thanksgiving. I knew it would take a little bit of time with two, you know, transfer point guards that were hurt the previous year. They were out for eight months with injuries. And so I knew it was going to take a little while to get them, you know, into shape, get their, you know, kind of work the kinks out and adjust to a new style. And I knew right around Christmas time I, we would probably start coming together as a team, and, and, uh, and we did. But it's all with, you know, Jabril Bello and, and Raekwon's leadership, too, and making sure those new guys knew the culture that they were coming into and, and holding those guys to that standard. Ashley Washburn, MTN Sports. Coach, being back on this stage for a second year, are you seeing a different type of confidence that this team is coming in with, you know, being able to go to San Diego last year and then come back uh, this year around? I think so, and I think a lot of it's due to our health. You know, I mentioned Jabril played last year's game with a torn knee, and our point guard Xavier Bishop was playing with a broken foot that we didn't know about. You know, so we're we're a little bit healthier this year. Uh, but I think just those experience, and even with the transfers we have coming in, they're fifth years transfers, so they're older. Like they they've been through big games and big moments before, and so I know they're just excited. And and uh, and I you know I'm expecting us to play really well tomorrow night.
0: Turnovers were a big problem for uh, Kansas State, kind of in the last couple games. So just curious if there's anything that you've seen on the film that like in a matchup that you can exploit, whether it's Darius, obviously defensive player of the year or with some of the guards on uh, on the Bobcats that, you know, can can take advantage of uh, some of these matchups.
1: Yeah, I don't think necessarily like exploit them or take advantage. You know, like we we just have to we have to play hard and we got to scramble around. We have to continue to, you know, use our principles and guard how we guard. And, you know, if there is some turnovers, great. If not, we need to make them score over us. We can't let them get offensive rebounds or easy layups at the rim you know they have to we have to make them score over bodies
0: and then we got to rebound it when they miss it just uh, on defense it seems like they're very good at um, stopping the three and then in rebounding is one thing Raekwon pointed out does that sound out to you too or are there any other things defensively that really uh, stand out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think just their length and their athleticism, you know, and obviously their point guard, he's tremendous, you know, watching film of him and he's got some of the quickest hands, you know, I've seen, you know, if you if you cross over or you put that ball in front of him, it's gone. And, you know, then they length and their athleticism at the rim, which, you know, a lot of power fives have it. But they do a tremendous job flying around uh, their, their ball screen defense, I think, is really good. And so they, they make it hard to score over. Them. You know, I mean, you've got to be really strong with the basketball and crisp with your passes uh, or they're going to they're, they're going to turn you over. And like I said, they're going to score that within two seconds. Danny, you've touched on this in a couple answers already, but they've got an All-American point guard in Marquise Knoll. What do you think of that matchup with, with Darius? And, you know, what has Darius brought to the team for you guys this year as a new transfer this year? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great matchup. You know, I mean, Noel, he, he's so fast and quick. I mean, he's he's hard for you know, every guard to guard him, you know, and it's going to be a team def- team deal guarding him. You know, he's coming off ball screens or in transition to where, you know, sometimes you can't just leave Darius on an island guarding him. He's too good of a player to do that. And so, you know, he's got to be able to see the help in the gaps and he's got to be able to see Jabril in order to stop him. And Darius, you know, he's brought a lot of leadership to our team. His personality, he's got kind of an infectious personality. He's, he's very even keel, you know, which was, it was hard for me for about the first two months coaching him because i'm getting fired up you know and i try to coach with an edge and i'd see and he'd be like coach okay 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 and i'd be like no like you don't get it like you you know you know what i'm trying to get to you and the more i started to learn about him and coach him he still has that fire in him even though he's not showing
0: it so later in the season jerome tang went to a three-guard lineup and added desi sills number 13 to the lineup and that guy is a ball of energy he had four yeah. blocks in the first half against tc and they were the big all
1: big time blocks they weren't just like Blocks. Those things were, ooh. Yeah, he's tremendous. He's very quick. Uh, he's one of those guys that's really hard to guard because he's so aggressive, offensively and defensively. You know, even when he drives that thing, like, he's driving that with some intent to get that thing to the rim. Uh, you know, he's a tremendous player. He's another guy, like, you have to, you have to be weary of him or he's going to get 18 to 20 on you by just effort. You know, like, they run stuff, you know, for him too, but the, the effort plays that he makes, you know, those can change a game. You know, and like you said, th- some of those plays he had against you know, TCU in that tournament game were unbelievable.
0: Once again, that's Montana State head coach Danny Sprinkle with the media yesterday. Entering tonight's game, Montana State has won eight in a row. They're on an eight-game winning streak, and they have won 13 of their last 14 games. And that was after they started the season uh, just 4-6. and six. Uh, but they have dominated through Big Sky Conference play, finished fifteen and three, and also won the Big Sky Conference Championship. They finished second place in the Big Sky in the regular season. We'll have Mitch Palm coming up at 510 to get the full breakdown of Kansas State and Montana State. But when we come back, let's get a K-State point of view on this matchup, as we're going to hear from Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson, and Desi Sills after the break. You're listening to the game on News Radio KMAN. Pre-game coverage of Kansas State and Montana State begins at 7:30. Why Thompson Stan Weber on the call right here on News Radio KMAN with tip-off around 8:40 depending on how long Kentucky Providence go. We could have a later tip-off than that, but that is the projected start. Uh, but we will have pre-game coverage at 7:30. And uh, the game also televised on CBS. Welcome back to Greensboro, North Carolina, Mitch Fortner with you as we get closer to tip-off between the Cats and Bobcats. It's Go Cats versus Go Cats. Go here on News Radio KMAN. Well, in the last segment, we heard from Montana State head coach Danny Sprinkle. Now let's get to the Cats. Let's hear from three players. We're going to hear from Keontae Johnson, Desi Sills, and, of course, Marquise Noel. K-State has two All-Americans on this team. I think it's important to absolutely notice that this is one of the best duos K-State's had in program history. Of course, the first since Barry Brown and Dean Wade. You can go to you know the duos like uh, Michael Beasley and Bill Walker, Jacob Pullen and Denny Clemente. But once again, K-State has a couple of All-Americans and Marquis Noel and Keontae Johnson just recently named 13 All-Americans by the AP. Just one of many reasons why... This has been such a special year. Doesn't matter what the results of the NCAA tournament are. This will still go down as one of the most special years in program history. And I'll touch on a couple of more reasons why after we hear from uh, our players. So let's get to that right now. This is from yesterday's press conference with K-State players Desi Sills, Keontae Johnson, and Marquise Noel. Keontae, just what kind of problems can Montana State pose to you guys if they're playing their best basketball?
2: They're a real good team by getting their foul line. So we just gotta we've been practicing and preaching about um, guarding without fouling. Um just doing what we could do and what we control and fouling is one of the things we can control so and they get out on a fast break and get their points.
1: Desi and Marquis, um, I'm sorry Marquis I was hoping that you could follow up with what Keontae opened this press conference with and just say over the course of film study this week, what have you noticed about Montana State? Who have you noticed about Montana State that you're going to have to be mindful of tomorrow?
2: They have a lot of experience Um, so I feel like just with them losing um, to a Big 12 team last year, uh, they have a chip on their shoulder so they might come out extra aggressive. They're good at turning people over. We had a stat that whenever we have 11 or less turnovers, we are undefeated on the season. So that would be the goal. What did you guys learn most from the last game, and, and that, how has this
0: week off or so been? Uh, what have you guys kind of been focusing on the most in this layoff?
2: Uh, I noticed that in the two games that we lost, we had 40 turnovers, which is unacceptable. And um, for us, that's our, our biggest issue. So if we can, you know, control that, which we, which I think we are, um, because we want to win that bad, then we'll be successful. So I just say the the two games that we lost. Uh, turnovers have been an issue and you know we, we got that cleaned up um, these last two practices that we had. Hey, I'm just curious guys how does it feel being in this moment right now? Amazing really, I mean, it's a goal for me, I wanted to come back for my last year and just get to the tournament and we're doing that and now it's just time to make a run and all our dreams, we all had the same goal coming in, we just ready to have fun and just show all the K-State fans make them happy and all our families happy.
3: Crazy faith, Coach Tame has been preaching since day one, you know. Now we're here, we was picked 10th to be um, in Big 12, now we finished third. But at the end of the day, like Coach Tame was preaching each and every day. Even though Marquise the leader on the team, he was preaching it each day in practice. Even though we heard it, we was like, we want to make it to the NCAA tournament. Even though we picked 10th in um, Big 12, we was like, nah, we're going to be the underdog. We're going to fight each and every night. We're going to try to come out and accomplish And I feel like we did there as well, but we got more to um, prove.
1: Desi, you just mentioned it, Coach Tang's first year but just how does it feel to be here on this stage with him in his first year?
3: It's crazy because when, when Coach Tang came he was like, he wanted to elevate this program and, and he's doing a hell of a good job this first season and he's going to continue to do that and we got a bunch of good guys, we all bought in and we all love each other, we um happy for each other it's love, joy and happiness
2: with us with, all, with us all. Other than that I mean we're just trying to come here and make a run just make a legacy for the next guys that's coming up and just get, bring a great experience and show them like this is what it takes to get here and just keep going. A
0: little bit of a different question for you guys. What, if anything, do you know about the state of Montana? And then a little bit of a follow-up. Uh, have you seen Yellowstone? Nah. I don't know nothing about
2: Montana. <laughs> yeah. you, you can educate us on it, though, if you want to. You got anything? <laughs> you got anything for us? All right, <laughs> cool. You've stumped our panel. <laughs>
1: uh, everybody knows Keontae's story about how the transfer portal helped him get here, but for you two, You know, Marquis, this is your first March Madness. Talk about how important the transfer portal was and, you know, just kind of looking back, you know, how it kind of changed your career.
2: Transfer portal is big. I feel like it's great to use it if you use it in the right way. Our team and our coaching staff did an amazing job of picking the right guys. Everybody that, you know, Coach Tang and the coaching staff wanted to wanted to pick in the transfer portal, they were going to be about winning, they were going to be um, good quality men, um, and you know, they were going to have a background of just you know, being, being good people. And I think we used the transfer portal the correct way how it should be used, and I'm just happy. My route was different. I didn't get to campus till October, and Coach Tane and his
3: coach staff each and every day value like crazy face. I didn't know if I was going to be here or not, but they believed I was going to be here, so I just want to give a big shout-out to their staff and whatever they did to me because I was on film each and every day with them. It's kind of emotional because I ain't know. Coach Tane kept on having that crazy faith. You're going to be here. You're going to be here. I'm getting on the phone with my keys. It was on FaceTime, Zoom, et cetera. I was like, man, you're going to be here to stay focused, stay locked in. And I'm here, and I'm living out the dream that I always want to live out to. And I always want to get back to the Morris Manners, and I'm doing it. And we was picked 10th last, and we finished third. That's a blessing, man. I'm telling you, I'm so happy to be here with these guys. I love these guys. I love the coach and stuff. Man, I'm just ready to go out there and give it the energy, enthusiasm, and have fun with these guys.
0: Going off that, can you kind of explain how close was it for, for you not, not getting to, to to campus in time?
3: It, it was very close, but I'm here, so that, that that's all that matters. We moved forward from what I, was, what I had to go through. Now I'm here. Um, I feel like I'm a factor on the team. They believe in me. I'm just going to do whatever I got to do to help the team win. So the past don't matter. It's all about the future and how can I impact
0: it. And there you have it, K-State players, all seniors, uh, playing in K-State, Uniforms for the final time here in the NCAA tournament. Desi Sills, Keontae Johnson, and Marquise Noel. To touch on a couple of things, I think we all have been reminded a lot about how much you know Marquise Noel and also Ishmael had in, in, such a hand in recruiting these guys. I mean, Case State had what five players ready to go by July, and we were starting to you know kind of worry a little bit, like, all right, this is kind of taking a long time to get these recruits to come aboard. Jerome Tang had to get 11 of them. That, that's a lot of work to do. But then the ball really got rolling in the later months of the summer. Keontae Johnson was, I, I think, right, the final member of this this team. And, I, you know, I, K-State probably doesn't get here, obviously, without Keontae Johnson. That, you're talking about an NBA talent. The guy that really made K-State a well-rounded team. Keontae Johnson. Desi Sills has really come aboard in the later half of the season. He has really become a superstar, really, for this team. People love him, love his personality, love his smile, and by the way, loves his intensity on the floor. Kind of reminds me of Reggie Stubblefield, how he really caught on with the K-State fans in the later part of his senior year and his only year as a Wildcat. We really want Desi Sills around for certainly more than just one year, but then, of course, you know, Marquis Noel... He's one of my favorite cats of all time. There's no doubt about that. He's done that just with two years of work. I love the way he plays, and it's hard over Hythe with uh, Marquis Noel. But back to Desi, I mean, let's not forget that he, he didn't get to campus – until October, like he said. Academics became an issue. Uh, he almost didn't make it, but he did. And this this coaching staff believed him in the entire way, kept his mind where it should be, and that was that he is going to be a cat. It just took a little bit longer than they were expecting. He got to practice late, but he was doing these Zoom workouts with the team. What an amazing story this K-State 2022-23 team is. And it starts, I mean, the rest of the story starts tonight against Montana State in the round of 64. Let's take our next break. We'll wrap up hour one of the game with a big win last night in Bramlage Coliseum. We'll get to that next here on the game. We wrap up our one of the game right here from Greensboro, North Carolina. Mitch Fortner with you. Troy Coverdale will actually be taking over the show about halfway through the second hour, so I can get back to the Greensboro Coliseum to check out Kentucky and uh, Providence. That'll have a tip-off of just a little after six uh, ten. K-State and Montana State tip off at around eight forty, right here on News Radio KMAN with pregame beginning at seven thirty. But last night in Bramless Coliseum, I hope you watched it because what a performance! One of the best performances of the season by the K-State women's basketball team, who scored fifty-five total points in the second and third quarters combined. The Cats in the first round of the WNIT crush. Wichita State, 90-56. to How about that? The K-State men and women both beat Wichita State and Bramlage Coliseum this season. K-State had four or five starters in double figures. Really nice day from Serena Sundell, who finished with 16 points, seven assists and two steals. Uh, Riley Glenn at 15. Jalen Glenn at 13 points. 11 rebounds and two steals. She had a double-double. And Gabby Gregory with 13 points, four rebounds, and four assists. So I want to add to that, uh, when it comes to Gregory and Sundell, they have now combined for over 1,000 points this year. They are the 10th tandem in program history to combine for more than 1,000 points this season. And they actually rank right now total Uh, 8th place all time when it comes to a tandem scoring over a 1,000 points but another point I want to get to here is K-State has at times had a really rough stretch hitting the 3-point shot. That is a move that Jeff Mitty wanted to make because not having uh, Aoka Lee not having their dominant 5, they became more of a 3-point shooting team well they finished last night 41% one of their best clips of the year 11 for 28 and they're also 46% from the field. It was just an all-around great performance. That was the 50th 50th meeting all time between the K-State women and Wichita State and uh, the K-State women now lead that series in dominant fashion 42 to 8. 21 wins now in uh, in Manhattan, Kansas for the K-State women. By the way, also K-State uh, playing in the WNIT their 90 points and also 34-point uh, margin in the game in the WNIT is a new program record for postseason WNIT games. So up next for the K-State women, on to the next round. Uh, they don't know if they're hosting yet. We await the results of tonight's game between Wyoming and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. K-State will play the winner of that matchup, uh, and that will be played tonight. Uh, so we'll find out after that game wraps up if K-State will be hosting the next round or not. But, man, I watched the game last night on my phone. and What a performance that was. That was an excellent game. K-State just absolute dominant fashion. Uh, and it's also sweet, right, to beat Wichita State back-to-back uh, when it comes to the men and women playing in Bramlage. And Jeff Media said he wants to get a year-by-year home-and-home rivalry going on with Wichita State. That would be awesome to see and that'll wrap up the first hour of the game when we come back we'll get back into k-state montana state with hearing from jerome tang and segment number two of our two but when we come back it is Mitch paw my official prediction for the cats and bobcats but coming up next your local news it's the game from greensboro north carolina on news radio kman